This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. You are listening to The Arenality on RFM. Hello everyone, my name is Arina Aizal and thank you for tuning in on Otago Access Radio for my radio show and podcast, The Arenality. Firstly, I would like to acknowledge our listeners on Radio Kidnappers in Hawke's Bay, Wellington Access Radio, Plains FM in Christchurch, Free FM in Hamilton, and Coast Access Radio in Horofenua and Kapiti. Hello from Dunedin. And also to our international listeners out there tuning into the podcast, hello from New Zealand. So the Arenality is a platform for women with international backgrounds on their cultural identities, belonging, well-being and passions in Aotearoa. So this episode is something that happened to me during the weekend. I was actually planning to talk about something else, but then... Something else happened um, this weekend, which is a pretty big thing, which shifted my priorities for the RNLT. And I think let's go on a more serious tone and talk about sexism and women's rights. So if you are friends with me on Facebook or you follow me on my Instagram, you probably already knew this because I'm quite loud there um, this weekend. So for those of you who don't know this, I'm from Malaysia. And one of the policies that we Malaysian citizens have to go through if we want to get married in Malaysia is a pre-marriage course by the Islamic organization body in Malaysia. So I chose to go through one um, last weekend with my partner. So it was done via Zoom. So I was the only one who was abroad. And so the pre-marriage course was organized by a company in my hometown in Malaysia, uh, Kedah. And so we had to pay 100 ringgit for it, for the certificate, for the cert, so that we can get married. So um, it was a mandatory thing for us to do, but we do have options of which company we want to use. But all the slides and stuff, all the the contents were made by the Islamic body of Malaysia. It's the same for everyone. So the course was a full day course. For the Malaysians, it was like from nine to five. But for me, it was from 1 to uh, 10 p.m. So it was a different time zone, but it still worked out fine. The first two sessions were all right, but the last session was really... um, I'm still speechless to how I want to describe my experiences, and it just happened last week, so please bear with me. It was very backwards thinking. It was very sexist. It was very degrading as a woman and also for men as well to be listening to this person who is giving the talk on Tanggung Jawab uh, Suami dan Istri, which translates to 
responsibilities of husband and wife, which is a very important thing, by the way, for people to know. So, the speaker, who is an ustad, and I'm trying to translate it in English, it's like it's like a priest uh, for a church. So we have ustad for the mosque. So it was a whole two hours with him. Instead of talking about the real stuff, like the responsibilities of husband and wife, he instead made jokes about men marrying a second wife if his first wife isn't listening to his orders, per se. And I do want to clarify this for people who don't really know about Islamic culture. Yes, it's true that in our religion, men are allowed to marry four wives. But there are so many criterias and processes that comes with it. So it's not actually a privilege. It's actually a responsibility. Some of the things that a husband who wants to marry more than one have to commit to is that they need to be equal with all four wives. So, uh, which means like financially and the time he spends with them. It is actually a really big responsibility and it's just not something easy to be talking about and encouraged these days. I do want to clarify that because I think a lot of people have misconceptions about Islam and polygamy. Because it's not something you can joke about. It's something really serious. So yeah, this Ustad, this man, he decided to make jokes where he would say to the men, Oh, these women, they're so sensitive when we talk about marrying a second wife. And he also made situations and like stories of when a woman doesn't want to follow the husband's orders. And... The husband would say, oh, I'm going to marry another wife, you know, uh, or he would pull the you better follow my orders because I'm your husband or else I'll marry a second wife card. So it was really overwhelming for me to be in that room. And I think what made it more overwhelming is that he likes to call upon each participant with their name and asks them, where are you living? And expecting to answer like the suburb that they are living in, which is a lot of information to be sharing publicly. And I'm really glad that I wasn't chosen during the session, but I was anxious the whole time. And not only that, he also made jokes on a black magic method, which I don't want to talk about here because I don't want to taint <laughs> the Arunelad. But what does that have to do with pre-marriage? I felt like this person, even though he may have the knowledge of an ustad, he may have the Islamic knowledge, but he did not act that way. His mannerism was definitely something quite appalling. And I'm still speechless about today and I hope you can be patient with me to go through this with you. And I do want to talk about the casual sexism that exists in Malaysia, which is very unfortunate because it was the country I was born in and also my second home. 
And during the talk, this person keeps mentioning situations where he would ask like a girl randomly and asking questions like, oh, so you're at home, your husband goes to work, assuming that the wife doesn't go to work, which is so backwards thinking. And he was giving a situation where the wife was in the kitchen frying fish, as a wife does, <laughs> stays in the kitchen. Um, and the husband calls upon the wife to go to the bedroom for sex. And this ustad asked someone in the group, a woman, what would you do if that happens to you? Would you go straight to your husband because he calls upon you? Or would you continue and finish up your cooking? So this lady, she answered him. She answered that she would finish frying because it's quite dangerous and it's something she was doing right at that moment. So it's quite disrespectful that the husband wants to have sex right at that moment. And the Ustad said, what if the husband died and you didn't follow his wishes and you didn't ask for his forgiveness? And then when you go to hell for not following your husband's orders, you're going to meet all these other people who went to hell for different reasons. For example, stealing, raping. He gave a few examples. And people, and people in hell are going to laugh at you because the reason why you go to hell is because you were frying fish. He actually said that. And oh my God, the number of times I have repeated this story to my family after the session, I, I just remember it more and more every time. And it's very traumatizing for me as well because I don't know, I haven't been involved with sessions like this where I have to be involved. And the reason why I have to sit through this is because I need to get that certificate to be married, which is such a power dynamic issue as well because they know that they have power against you. They know we need something from them so they can do whatever they want because they are profiting off us and we need something of their service. Another example, another situation which he, which this Ustad said during the session was he kept asking people individually based on their genders, like between men and women, who is more patient? So he would ask the women and the women would say men. Not sure why. Um, probably because women have been stereotyped as the impatient one and men are more known as the rational gender of this world. Uh, maybe that's why. So he keeps asking why, you know, trying to prove his point. And then he asks a male, which gender do you think is more uh, patient? So the guy says men. Um, so that already shows like 
what is this with segregating genders based on a stereotype of how men and women behave? And what does this have to do with conversations on responsibilities of husband and wife? So what if men are more patient than wife? What does that have to do with something I need to know before I get married? Another question he asked was, between men and women, who has more responsibilities? He keeps asking everyone, and he concluded that men have more responsibilities than women. And I totally disagree with this, because I believe men and women have different responsibilities, and it doesn't matter who deserves more respect. I feel like we just need to respect each other in our different ways. You know, I it doesn't feel right the way he um, separated the two genders. And it's like a game where his goal was to make the women understand that husbands are the people in power and women, you, you got to listen to them because otherwise you go to hell. That was the impression and also the the things I learned about this weekend. Um, and I am very blessed that I have a brain and I know that it is wrong. That is so wrong and so backwards thinking of what the Ustad said to us during the weekend. But... I am not so sure about the other people who were there in the room. There might be people who actually agree with him and would use that to their advantage in the future. And I'm so sorry for the people who have to live with them. And I'm really sorry for the people who live with that, that, by the way. Because that must be horrible to be listening to someone speak that way about you, about your gender, about yourself, about your identity. I think, you know, it's 2021. Why are we still having, why are we still having conversations about who is the better gender? Honestly. Um, yes. I'm sure you're interested to know what I did afterwards. So after the session, it happened on Saturday I cried myself to sleep because I was so angry. Um, And I just felt so powerless because I couldn't leave the room because I needed that certificate. I paid a hundred ringgit for it. And I couldn't speak up because I knew with the person that he was, what he was going to say to me if I did speak up during that time. And I'm not very comfortable speaking up in Malay. Um, especially in formal settings, so that's something that that's something that I feel was a disadvantage for me because I'm definitely more confident to speak in English, and I know that my words are more understood when I'm speaking in English. So after decision the next day I began typing out making a list of all the wrong things I realized were happening during the session so it was like 12 things and I wrote a formal letter of complaint yay so that was how I spent my Sunday 
I posted this letter on my Instagram and also on my Facebook. So if you want to have a read on it, go ahead. My Facebook is public, Arena Aizel, so you'd you'd see it there. Whether or not the complaint will be taken seriously, I'm not so sure if they're going to take my complaint seriously. But what I did was I emailed the admin, the person who organized the event. I also emailed the management team. And I also emailed the uh, System Pengurusan Perkahwinan Islam Malaysia, which is the organization body to like organize Muslim marriages. So I did a formal complaint with them. Yes, with their names and everything. <laughs> and I felt really glad that I did. And I also posted this on my social media. And the amount of stories that people shared to me about their experiences was appalling because I never realized that these things were happening. I know that, that these things still happen in the past. But I didn't know it was still happening today and I got to experience it myself firsthand. So yay, lucky me, you know. I I was so looking forward to this course actually um, because I got to be classmates with my partner. And, you know, it's something that we've always wanted to do. Um, equip ourselves with knowledge about our future marriage and stuff like that. So it was quite important for us to go through together. But not like this, no. Um, it was not worth my 100 ringgit. And at first, to be honest, I'll, I'll share with you my like how my mind processes things as well. Because when, when it was happening, I was feeling very anxious about the situation. Like... My partner, he was messaging me, um, saying stuff like, I'm sorry you have to go through this. I can see it in your face that you're not feeling well. You're not like he's telling me to breathe. And I'm really glad that I got that comfort from him um, during that time as well. But yeah, I bought my eyes off um, after the event because I felt so helpless that I couldn't say anything during the time because I can be vocal but it just depends on the kinds of situation you know and also at first I thought that I was gonna put a formal complaint after receiving my certificate but then I realized that why would I give them such power you know why would I be scared of them for not giving me my certificate when I actually deserved it. And I'm only speaking on behalf of other people who experienced a really bad thing on Saturday. So, um, you know, I figured, honestly, don't care if I have to do another marriage course. All I want is that my complaints are to be taken seriously. I said what I had to do and that, the future generation of Malaysia isn't going to be sexist. And, you know, all this patriarchy that happens um, in Malaysia, you know, it all starts from here. It all starts from educating future husbands and wives about how to treat each other with respect and not comparing who has it worse because that's just really wrong. So, yeah, 
I made a formal complaint with the management um, and also with the Islamic body who organizes pre-marriage courses. And I also, oh, this is great. I also got in touch with Hannah Yeo. So uh, YB Hannah Yeo, she was the former deputy minister for women and children. So she is very passionate about things around women's rights. And I easily got in touch with her because I met her through my dad. Um, so it was really great that I could share the insights to Hannah Yeo because there will definitely be change when, you know, you get politicians involved. So yeah, what are the things I learned this weekend? I, I think it's a good time to summarize this up. I realized that a lot of things are out of my control and I should do what I can. And if I can't change everything about the world right now, it's okay because I've planted a seed and one day the tree will grow. Um, you know, if no one takes my complaint seriously, at least I got people talking about this on social media. And I'm very hopeful for that. So that's the first thing I learned this weekend. The second thing I learned this weekend was if you have a problem about something, do something about it. And I'm really glad I did because at first I wasn't going to do anything until I got my certificate. But who knows when I'll get that. And also, it is hurting me by delaying myself from speaking up about these issues. I am hurting myself along the way because there's so much tension in myself that I want to be talking about this and I want people to know what I went through. Other people don't experience the same thing and know that this isn't normal. So yes, so if you went through something traumatic or something downgrading, something that you know in your belly, you know, you know in your stomach that it doesn't feel right. You have to do something about it. You have to speak up. If you're not one who speaks up when situations like this happen, tell someone about it. Talk to your friends about it. And if you can, make a formal complaint. You can do it anonymously if that's what's more comfortable for you. But the most important thing is that you got your story out there. The final thing that I learned this weekend was... There is actually a lot of things that need to be changed about the patriarchal issue in Malaysia. I may have been quite distant from Malaysia, like location-wise, and also because I have adapted to the Kiwi culture here. But that doesn't mean that I can't care about it as much as being someone in Malaysia do. And, you know, I think there's a lot of the feeling of helplessness when I'm no longer living in that country, but there's so many wrong things that's about it and I can't physically do something about it, you know? Um, yes, so I'm glad that I did something though and I really hope that for those of you who are listening to check up on the friends around you, the people who have gone through these things, Talk about it together, you know, because normalizing conversations about this 
makes it easier for people to talk about these things. Yeah, so that is all I have for you today. And I'm really sorry that this episode was more of a rant rather than a reflection. But in the end, I did reflect on some things. Um, but I really hope that you enjoyed this. And yes, please keep in touch with me. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. Feel free to give me a DM. And I'm really thankful for all the conversations I had over this this week i am really excited to keep doing that you know to be on social media again because i did feel a little disconnected for a bit after covid but yeah that is the end of our episode for the arenality today i hope you learn a lot about the patriarchal issues that happened in malaysia and me reflecting on the sexist marriage course that I experienced during the weekend. If anyone would like to contact me, feel free to email aizalarina at gmail.com. You can also follow me on my Instagram at arinaizal. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye! You've been listening to The Arenality on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.